This is the Bill Kelly Show podcast. Hamilton City Hall with another marathon session about light rail transit. And uh, it went on and on and on. It was live streamed, of course. Uh, we were carrying the the ideas. I watched it for hours and hours. And I, I know some people saw it on cable. Uh, Joey Coleman's uh, stream on this whole thing as well. So I, I think people are pretty well versed on what was going on, what was being said, and by whom yesterday. And at the end of the session, as I predicted, late, well, I guess about this time yesterday, no decision was made. After all those public hearings and where everybody got their, their five minutes to say their piece, you would think that, okay, let's deal with the issue. But it didn't happen that way. Uh, they've put it off for yet another week. And therein lies the frustration. So we're going to talk about it today. We're going to talk about the implications. We're going to talk about your reactions to this and uh, where we are as a community when it comes to rapid transit, light rail transit, and the long-term plan for where we're going on this now. Uh, Because this is pretty important stuff. So we want to make sure that we cover all the bases. And I want to get as many opportunities uh, to the people that are involved in this to, to have their say and certainly uh, to get the feedback uh, from you, the listeners, and you, the taxpayers, when it comes to what's going on. Before we uh, do that, though, let me bring a couple of the people that were involved in the discussion yesterday, and uh, we'll get them on sequentially so we can get a read on this. Jason Farr, of course, is the counselor for downtown for Ward 2. He joins us on the Bill Keller Show. Jay, how are you doing this morning? Surprisingly energized, for now, anyway. Really? About 5.30 yesterday afternoon, you don't you didn't look so energized. No, my head was in uh, my hands. I guess that was a picture that uh, started with uh, Ryan McGreal, a regular guest on ML, and then uh, went around Twitter for a while. And, you know, one of my responses when I finally got home, Bill, around 1130 last night was, uh, you know, LRT is in our hands. My head shouldn't be in my hands. And and that's where I was sort of feeling at the time because uh, it can be very frustrating when you get to hour essentially 22 at that point. What happened yesterday? I mean, you went through 50-odd delegations, uh, and and I've got some problems about how that was done, but, I mean, be that as it may. Uh, At the end of the day, why can't this council make a decision on this? Well, I guess that's a question best asked to those who are up in the air, um, and uh, one that I hope uh, is asked of those folks who are maybe humming and hawing at this late juncture on a billion-dollar sustainability project and one that we probably won't see the likes of for decades to come, particularly if we, if we were to shoot it down. Um, and hopefully that question comes to them in the next week before council and ultimately a decision on an addendum to an EA that we approved in 2011. Uh, and it comes in many forms and in many fashions and many times. But here we go again, and, and you've heard the analogies, uh, Jay. Uh, here we go with the stadium debate all over again. Council couldn't make up their mind. In that particular case, as you well remember, the province finally stepped in and said, look, you've got, this is the date. If you guys can't make a decision, you're gone. We're, we're going to go someplace else. Is there a concern that that may happen with this project too? Well, essentially, we're, you know, there, it's not an ultimatum, but there is a council-approved, this council-approved timeline on when decisions are to be made, and we're following that. Uh, rigid schedule to the T, and Metrolinx has made it very clear to us time and time again uh, that, you know, this EA addendum needs to go before the MOA. You need that 30-day uh, commenting period from the general public uh, to get it passed through the Provincial Ministry of the Environment and, and maintain those timelines. So while it isn't a, 
uh, a drop-dead date. Uh, we certainly heard again yesterday in various forums that it's essential that we get this work, uh, th- this next stage of this billion-dollar infrastructure project uh, through this hurdle in, in short order. Yet that's not what we were hearing from those that supported the uh, the deferral once again for another week, uh, suggesting that they need to get more information. I mean, what other information is there to be had that you guys don't already have in front of you? Well, we had 5,000 pages of information, and we've had about five and a half weeks to digest it, if not longer. And certainly we had a lengthy uh, first round on uh, on the EA addendum item uh, a week or two ago with our, our first GIC. And then yesterday was just a, that was a tabled meeting. That wasn't our first kick at it. Uh, and uh, in between, and 26 hours of, uh, of uh public delegations primarily, but a lot of debates and questions to a council, uh, part of the in-between stages were opportunities for all sorts of uh, interactions with Metrolinx, with LRT staff, questions in advance. Uh, uh, we had that opportunity, and uh, some obviously took advantage of that, and that was addressed. But, uh, I, I, Bill, it, it literally, if, if you're using this, if, if a colleague of mine or a few colleagues of mine is using this addendum as a negotiating tool to get maybe more money, to uh, uh, make some changes. If there's some plan B in the works uh, by some, I'm not aware of that. But if you're using an EA addendum as a negotiating tool and not the actual operating agreement, which is pending, which is something uh, and the final thing we'll be voting on, uh, I, I don't understand the logic in that either. You would think that if you're going to do you know, play hardball and negotiate, you do that at the operating agreement stage, not not an environmental assessment, you know, uh, amendment, essentially. What frustrates me as, as I watch this, and, and I've had a little experience in municipal politics, is, is time after time I'm hearing from some councillors, some of your colleagues, that are saying, well, we need to find out about, for instance, operating costs, and we need to find out about this. But process tells us, and, and I'm, I'm hoping that these councillors are aware of this, that none of that happens until you put a, re- a tender out, and that doesn't happen until you do the EA. So the ones that are saying they don't have enough information, are, it's, it's really it's, it's, a, it's a red herring because they're the ones that are holding up the process where that information will become available. Well, and, and, and again, and to be very, very clear, we approved as a council, this term of council, and I, I think it was near unanimous, if, if not, maybe Collins disapproved. We approve these timelines, and these timelines clearly indicate where these answers are coming along this this term of council. So that is a that's a tough one for me to swallow when I hear I can't I can't support this or I can't make a decision now because I don't have all the answers. And yet you stood up and approved a schedule that essentially on a very significant and intrinsic billion dollar infrastructure project. Uh, a timeline on getting those answers, so you know when those answers are coming, and and and, and in, in five thousand pages of this EA addendum of this report, there were plenty of answers. I'm not going to ask you for names, uh, although I'm I'm tempted to, but I got to ask you something else. Of the fifteen people plus the mayor that are around that council table, do you really and truly think that the Hamilton citizens believe that some of those people still haven't made up their minds? The, the, the information is out there. They're either going to vote up or down on this. And what frustrates me as, as, as a viewer and as a citizen and as a taxpayer here is that I, I get the feeling that these people know damn well whether or not they're going to support this thing. They just keep kicking it down the can because they don't want to be the ones that are going to be known for the ones that kicked a billion dollars out of the city. 
I think we have a very savvy and increasingly savvy and educated on the LRT file general public. I'm not just talking about Ward 2 citizens. I'm talking about Hamiltonians, and it's thanks to ML for ongoing, consistent, and accurate coverage. Uh, and I'm not pandering because there's many other media sources that have continued to pile on in that in that vein, in that capacity, the spectator. You mentioned it off the top, Bill. Yesterday, Cable 14 hung in there all day long and continued to update the public. A lot of people who have been hearing about LRT actually tuned in. We were getting tweets. We were getting emails from citizens across the city. Hang in there. Keep it going. Oh, I get it now. This is important. There was a lot of communication coming to us as this marathon number two meeting uh, continued to roll along. And it was very clear to me. And when you just saw the, the, the this was a media row and, and all of the people that uh, were covering this important uh, uh, EA addendum uh, meeting that was obviously uh, carried over from two weeks ago, uh, that I think more and more people are catching on. And, and essentially, and in a nutshell, absent of an option or alternative, as I said to you in the past, absent of a plan B on a billion dollars from the province in 30 seconds. And Charles Sousa had reiterated this yesterday on CHCH. It is going somewhere else. And provincial taxpayers will still pay for this, but they'll pay for it uh, as, as, as work in another community. War 2 Councillor Jason Farr. Jay, uh, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate you being with us on the program today. Thank you, Bill. You're listening to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML. Uh, Ward 7 Councillor Donna Skelly chaired uh, the meeting yesterday, and uh, she joins us here on The Bill Kelly Show to give us her perspective on this. Donna, good morning. How are you today? Tired. No kidding. <laughs> really tired, yeah. It was an exhausting day. It really was. I had. Uh, I suspected it was going to be. We knew we were going to be getting an awful lot of delegates coming forward, and the clerk's office was updating us through the week on the number of delegates, and I think it was 53 or 55 that we had last night. It, uh, I've got some concerns about process, but that's. Uh, I don't want to get too deeply into that right now. I, I have a real problem when you have what we call a public delegation uh, session, and uh, the line share that at the time was really councillors commenting on the public delegations, and I just wish they would just shut up and listen. Uh, but obviously, those are the rules that they play by there, and it, it, I think it probably doubled the time of the meeting yesterday. But enough Absolutely. about that. Enough about that. Uh, let me let me get into the gist of this. I'll ask you the same question I asked Jason Farr. Why can't this council make a vote on this EA? Why do you keep kicking this thing down the road? Well, I mean, I, I think it's been clear that there are six very solid supporters for for the project and two who've been a vocal since the onset, I should say, uh, one. And then when I was elected, I was um, against it from, from day one. My opposition, I made clear. Judy came on, uh, Councillor Partridge came online uh, within the month. And, and I think that uh, I heard what you were saying. I think that a lot of councillors have been hesitant to, to speak up. I will suggest that uh, I did go to Kitchener-Waterloo on Monday. Uh, hey, a number, a number of, of your colleagues joined you there, I know. We did, and we drove around, and I wanted to see it. I'd been there last year, and I've also been to York Region to see their BRT process. And uh, I just wanted to see the update on, on, on the project. And I think that that was informative. But for some reason, you, you'll really have to ask them why they don't want to make a commitment. Next week is, is the deadline. We will know Wednesday, one way or the other, if this, if this project is going through. But you know how you're going to vote. Yes. And, and again, I'll, as I reiterated with Jason Farr just a second ago, uh, 
you you know as well as I do. I know about the backroom conversations that go on in council chambers and in council offices and in the hallways there. Everybody around that table knows whether they're going to support this thing or not. I don't understand why you keep kicking this down. I don't know why you delay this. I don't know why you can't just either get on with this or put it to bed one way or another. Well, <clears throat> excuse me, you're speaking to the wrong person because I would have put it to bed a long time ago. I do think that next week is is the the uh, will be the final vote, and I think people are realizing that we don't want to continue to spend money if if this continues to drag on. Money is being spent on the EA on 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 the process on staffing, et cetera, and so next week. Now you have to remember that the that the Metrolinx and Paul Johnson did provide us with a timeline of, of the so-called off-ramps. And this, is, this was a soft off-ramp, if you will. Next year in the spring was really the, the hard off-ramp. So kicking it, down, kicking it down the road, I think they had to wait until the, the so-called off-ramp was actually presented. So you've got to make a decision by next Wednesday. Yeah, we have to vote on this on Wednesday. We so they, they, are Wednesday. you telling me there can be no referral anymore? I don't think so. I don't think so. In the motion yesterday, I don't think you'll have that type of an appetite. It will not go. In my opinion, I cannot see it going beyond next week. But you want to kill this thing. I do. Yes. So, in other words, I, you you don't you don't even want to send this thing to the to the for the EA. You don't even want to go that step. I don't because I think and and actually the information that came out yesterday. Um, really solidified my my views on this and there was a memo presented i don't know if you were aware of this a memo that came forward i had never seen it and i know members of council had never seen it and it goes back to february of 2010 and it's a private memo between the mayor and a staffer and the memo in 2010 says that the city is not ready for lrt it's ready for brt and the province is very hesitant in funding lrt it's a it's a pretty disturbing memo and it 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 proves, in my opinion, and what was said yesterday, even by, um, and it's in the EA, and, and a former staffer made a presentation, Ted Gills. He's a former... He's yeah, a I'm, I know Ted, yeah. Ted. And he was suggesting as well, this is the wrong project for this city. We are not there yet. And our former director of transit said the same thing. And this was mentioned back in 2010. And and this memo was never circulated with, with staff, with Chris Murray, or with... Um, council. And it clearly indicates that the city is not prepared for LRT. We can manipulate the situation to make it appear as if we are, but the preference in this memo in February of 2010 is BRT. And we're not there. I mean, Yeah, but that's seven years ago, Donna. That's seven years ago that that memo was circulated. I didn't see it, and members of staff didn't see it. I know, but times have changed. Here's the reality, but though. Our, S- our, Donna, city council right now our, is faced with having to make a decision about yeah. whether or not to accept money for LRT. That's what the premier said. Ted McMeekin has reiterated that. Yesterday, yeah. the finance minister, Mr. Souza, said it once again. You either get the LRT money or it's going someplace else. He didn't actually say that. Well, yeah, that's what he said. No, he didn't. If you, if you play it, he didn't actually say that. He him, hummed and hawed. He kind of left a, a bit of an open door. So you and still believe, think you're going to be able I to turn? Believe, do you really? Do you think that you can turn this down and still get the money? Uh, perhaps not the billion, but we'll get the share that we're entitled to, which is hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't believe that Hamilton is going to be kept out of the loop and punished. I believe that the province sees the value in working with a council that is hesitant on spending a billion dollars that on a project that the city is not ready for. And I really do believe we will get 
hundreds of millions of dollars that we will be able to use for enhanced transit and and maybe infrastructure. That would be my preference, but at least enhanced transit. I really believe that. I really is, do. Are, that. i got 30 seconds left here. Are there negotiations going on right now to make a backroom deal, a plan B? Sorry, negotiations amongst uh, council? I don't know. Among anybody right now. Uh, I heard a couple of people yesterday mention Plan B. What's this Plan B? Well, there is no Plan B yet, but I'll tell you there will be one. We will be waiting. Okay. Thanks, Donna. You're listening to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML. Still talking about the uh, marathon session yesterday at Hamilton City Hall about light rail transit, and uh, surprise, surprise, council made no decision. Uh, kicking down the hall once again for another week. Now, Councillor Donna Skelly uh, told us just moments ago here on the program that she feels that they're probably going to make a decision. They have to, they said. I thought they had to months ago, but they seem to s- still find some way to vacillate on this issue. Joining us to talk about this is Keenan Loomis, President and CEO of the Hamilton Chamber of Commerce, who uh, survived the the session there yesterday as well. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks, Bill. Your thoughts. Oh, Watch boy. your language. Yeah, where do I start? Well, I mean, I, I woke up with a hangover-like sim- symptoms this morning, and I think that the entire city did, um, or at, le- at least I know a good portion of the city did. Um, this is really demoralizing because, uh, you know, as you mentioned, we delivered a delegation yesterday again um, on behalf of the business community, on behalf of the anchor institutions, um, the uh, the young entrepreneurs uh, community, downtown interests, uh, the creative industries community. Um, that's certainly uh, who we've been uh, collaborating with and, and speaking on behalf of. And after us, uh, there was the, uh, the uh, Blake Oliver delivered an incredible, incredible delegation from mm-hmm. the McMaster Students Union. Uh, Kyle Dan- Denku did uh, an, a, great, a great, great job uh, on behalf of the Mohawk uh, um, Student Association. Uh, Linda Lukasik did an incredible job uh, speaking for Environment Hamilton. Uh, you had uh, labor interests also speaking. You had transit uh, users groups. Let me ask you something, Keenan. All of these people but, supporting LRT, and yet we can't get to yes but, on this. But come on, where, was council even listening? I mean, they may have been sitting there. Some of them were actually sitting there. Some of them actually put their phones down for a little while. But were they actually listening to what was being said? Or, in your opinion, have they already made up their minds? And the, uh, my, my contention and uh, my commentary earlier this morning: this was just a political sideshow. They already know how they're going to vote on this. Yeah, well, I think that a good portion of them. I do. I do think there are a couple votes, uh, maybe to get. Uh, but you know, like I, I, I do feel. I did feel afterwards that uh, you know it doesn't matter what we say. It doesn't matter what uh, rational arguments for LRT uh, we lay out. Um, it does not matter, uh, and that's what's most frustrating. That's why I, I am uh, completely dispirited uh, this morning. Because I, I, I feel that. It, it, it's one thing to say, hey, we want to have public uh, delegations, we want to have public input into this. But if you're not going to listen to them, if you're not going to listen to the rationale that's going on, then why bother? I mean, it's it's an insult to the people that showed up there yesterday. Well, what's an insult is that, you know, the, the person in a counselor's ward who comes up to them uh, at the grocery store on a Saturday morning uh, counts more than those those voices and those groups and those, those key leaders uh, that I already outlined, those people who are Number one, saying we really want LRT. It's important to our organizations. It's important to us as a city. We support you and in, in your courage and in, in voting for LRT. And we will do everything possible to do all that. We will contribute in doing all the heavy lifting that is required to get through 
this difficult project because there there will be um, a lot of hurdles and, and difficulties in the future. But we all agree that this is the right thing for for Hamilton in the long run, and those voices have constantly, again and again. Um, stated that this is important to them, and uh, you're right; they are not listening. I, I, and if, in fact, there's some legitimacy to this, the, the fact that they are going to make this uh, some sort of a determination, I guess next Wednesday at the meeting, uh, that will be all well and good. But I'm, I'm very apprehensive about what that vote might be. Uh, some people are expecting there's going to be a hail mary pass here at the eleventh hour from someplace to, to do something. Uh, I'm not so sure that that's going to happen. Um, I know that you want to see this thing happen. I know the mayor wants to see this thing happen. I think the province wants to see this thing happen. But if if they're going to keep putting up roadblocks right now, uh, you know, Councillor Skelly, who's opposed to this, and we know that, she's one of the few that's actually stood up and said, you know, I, I just want to kill this thing. I, I don't agree with her, but I respect the fact that at least she's being clear about her opinion on this. But when you've got that that sort of attitude and, and so intransigent in, in, in looking for in, any other solution at this stage, how can you act from that extrapolate that you're willing to work with the government? The government's the one that are actually throwing the money on the table and saying, hey, we'll build this thing for you. We'll run it for you. Uh, well, I, I know we have but a week what left. What else do you want? We have a week left, so obviously there, a lot can happen. Um, we know the mayor does want this, obviously, and, and he's got a lot of work to do uh, between now and, and next Wednesday. Uh, we know our good friend Ted McMeekin uh, will be working hard in Queens Park. I have no doubt about that. So, I mean, maybe something will happen, but I, I don't know how. I don't know how uh, it, the councillors who say that they might be willing to to support it um, if we meet certain conditions. I don't know how we can trust that they will number one actually follow through on that and then do so for the next year as well because this is this is not the final hurdle on this project we have a whole year left uh before we get to the operations and, and maintenance agreement that's the biggie um and you can be sure that you know all energies on, on both sides will be trained on that so we're talking another year uh even if we we get past that hurdle and you know this has been exhausting the last couple of months there's been a lot of unproductive time all of the resources and energies that should be going into implementing this project as council directed, have instead uh, gone into saving this project. And that's an incredible waste of taxpayer money. And energy. And uh, energy. Which, which, as you said, should be focused positively now and as opposed to playing defense, which is what these guys that have supported of this thing have, have had to do in the next little while. Uh, the other thing that I find frustrating about this is if I take these councillors who say they need more information, I'm getting a little tired of hearing that, but take them at their word for the, for the sake of the argument here. When when the regional chair for Waterloo was in here the, just the other day, Ken Steele was talking to us about how their process evolved, and and because that question came up about operating expenses, and, and the, he knew exactly what they were. Tom Galloway, the other council that was in here with them, they are they told us what they were. Said you can't even calculate those until you go to tender, and you can't go to tender until you get the environmental assessment. So it's it's it seems incongruous that these councillors are saying, well, I don't have that piece of information. You're the one that's holding up the process. It, there are a lot of lessons to be learned from KW, KW a ton of lessons. Um, how we mitigate the impacts to the business community. They lost only two businesses, which was an incredible feat as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the whole process, how you get through this, obviously uh, that's what uh, council's learning. And then the, the, the big lesson for, to take from KW 
is not to not do this. The big lesson is this is all worth it, and we will see it. We will constantly see that, um, and we'll, we won't have to drive further than 45 uh, minutes over the next 5, 10, 20, 25 years as we watch KW just absolutely flourish, and, and we will constantly be reminded of what we could have had. And uh, I, I think it was, again, Blake Oliver yesterday, uh, representing the, the McMaster uh, Students Union, who said that, you know, the people of her age are being attracted to Hamilton at this point in time because it is, uh, we are indeed becoming the ambitious city again. And she said, if LRT dies, um, her and all of her colleagues will be looking to KW. And so, you know, that. so not only will we be reminded, those of us who are left, but the, the students who come here uh, and the students, the young talent that we could have coming here will always be comparing us to, to KW, to Mississauga, to Toronto, and we will lose out time and time again. Because let's face it, there is a certain amount of envy that's going on here. When we saw what happened in KW years ago with BlackBerry and, and, and the rise of the tech industry there. Uh, we th- I, I heard these voices here on this show, Keenan. Why can't we do that? Why? Well, guess what? We started doing it. And you were yeah. part of it, actually, by the way, when you came here yeah. and worked at the Innovation Factory yeah. and the Innovation Park. And we, we've started to develop this cluster. But if we're going to basically tell the people that are involved in that, we don't give a damn about you. You know, we don't care about what you want to see. We don't care about your views of how this city should be. They're going to go someplace else. We are so it's ironic at this point in time. Uh, the mayor has a an intelligent communities task force that has been assembled uh, because we've uh, applied for intelligent communities designation, uh, and we made the the top twenty one last year, but uh, we didn't make the top seven, and obviously we didn't uh, win. And every year a a, a uh, city does win, and so we have determined that this is something that we want to shoot for, and it's great because it does require us to be ambitious and look at a whole bunch of things that we need to do to be able to say that we are an intelligent community. Uh, and it's ironic. There are a couple of counselors on that task force that are against LRT, are openly killing LRT. And I think that's oxymoronic, actually, to have those counselors on the Intelligent Communities Task Force, but also be killing LRT because they, if they actually were dedicated to seeing us become an ambitious city again and, and achieve that designation and be able to to achieve... Uh, some of the accomplishments that have happened in KW, uh, this would be an easy yes. Whenever you have open this up to the public, as, as what happened yesterday at City Hall, you are going to get divergent opinions, and I understand that. And you heard some of the delegations there, and, yep. and, and I, I strongly disagree with some of the views that were being expressed on, by some of them uh, that said that we don't need this, we're going to get economic uplift anyway, and it's not going to happen, and our taxes are going to go up because of this. Uh, but... And that's fine, because there's no such thing as unanimity on a project like this. There wasn't for the stadium, there wasn't for the expressway, there certainly isn't for this, and there won't be for any other big projects that are coming along. And that's not just unique to Hamilton. You've seen, you've been around, you've traveled to other cities. There's always going to be some points of contention. Always. But what you look for in a situation like that is, like you say, there are 52 delegations uh, you know, if if twenty five of them were pro, twenty seven of them were against, it doesn't much matter. Not unlike with this phone survey that was done. The bottom line at the end of the day is the sixteen people around that council table supposed to make a decision based on the best interests of Hamilton, not getting reelected next year, but of the future for this city. And you can listen to people till the cows come home if you want, but at the end of the day, they have to make the decision. And if they're going to make it based on the number of phone calls they got into their office, that's not leadership. 
They are, I've said this so many times, they are directors of the corporation of the city of Hamilton. And at this point in time, they are saying, I'm sorry, province, uh, but your billion dollars uh, to enhance our infrastructure, to create a key backbone uh, of our of a future transit system that will serve all corners and allow this city to flourish to the to the city of 750,000 people that we are expected to become by 2041 uh, that will bring uh, economic uplift uh, along the spine and then help fill in uh, all of the surface parking lots that we have right now in downtown Hamilton and will be an incredible transit solution for the the thousands of people that uh, use HSR each and every day uh, to McMaster and, and downtown and beyond, uh, we're sorry, but uh, we don't uh, we don't buy your vision, and uh, and this is going to be a little too messy for us, and make us a little too uncomfortable. I think that they are they are. Um, they're not doing their duties as uh, as directors of this corporation, and it really is incredibly um, deflating. Because, you know, I, I came to the city in tw- two thousand nine, and we were getting a stadium on the waterfront, and the only question about LRT was whether we were getting it in time for Pan Am Games at that point in time. And I thought this is going to be an incredible city, and I know that since then, for seven years since then, we've had thousands of people that have flocked to the city because of this promise of not just having LRT, but this promise of being an ambitious city again. And all of that air is now being let out, let out of the balloon. And I am really concerned about the devastating consequences. So this is not just about sending a billion dollars back or, or not accepting a billion dollars. Number one, there's a hell of a lot of costs that have gone into this. And a, a lot of costs now uh, that we know anticipated uh, upgrades for infrastructure and all that. So we've lost all that. But the biggest thing to me the the worst most devastating consequence is what is going to happen to the the energy to the psyche of this community and i don't think that they have those counselors have have truly thought this out i don't know if they care uh which is which is really sad to me and there is no there is no other alternative vision there there absolutely is no other plan and i can't expect that uh the people that are looking to kill LRT are going to be ambitious enough and have the leadership and demonstrate the leadership necessary to instead build uh, BRT. Um, I find that completely disingenuous. What I'm looking for from our elected officials at all levels of government, but let's talk about municipally for the the time being since that's where this project is, is housed right now. Is, is that vision and that leadership quality. And, and you know what, I'll point to my own counselor. You know, I live in Ancaster, and Lloyd Ferguson is my counselor. He's been supportive of this from day one. It would have been so easy for him to sit there and say, I'm not going to benefit Ancaster. I'm not going to get on side with this. But he did his homework on this, and he's been one of the most ardent supporters on this. Matter of fact, the first time we did a discussion on this, Keenan, this is going back a number of years ago now, uh, Lloyd was one of them. Russ Powers from Dundas was one of the other counselors who sat in here and said, this is a great idea for Hamilton. Russ was representing Dundas. This was not going to have any impact on Dundas. Well, it does, but, I mean, it's not going to run into Dundas. But Russ was one of those visionary counselors that said, you know what, this is good for the city. This is good for economic development. He was supportive of it. And he's not in council anymore. Uh, we don't know how uh, Arlen Vanderbeek is voting on this. He seems to be just listening at this stage, and I'd like to see a little more leadership from there, too. But this is not just about, you know, downtown counselors. This is about all 16 of these people saying, how do we move this city forward? And what I find galling about this is the ones, some of the ones anyway, that are opposed to this are admitting that at some point in the future, yeah, we're going to have to build this. 
well, are you going to take the billion dollars? You're going to have to. I, I don't want to do this ten years from now and have to pay for it myself. I mean, how stupid is that? Why would anybody give us money to do anything in the future? Anything big? BRT is big. It 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 is big. It will be disruptive, um, and it will be nearly as disruptive as as building LRT, and it probably is not the best long-term investment uh, as opposed to uh, LRT. Uh, because, by the way, bus rapid transit also means dedicated bus dedicated lanes. Bus well, they blew that one out downtown. Totally, the same people that are totally, talking about that now totally. wouldn't support it. They don't have the courage to, to vote for uh, BRT. Not at all. And so Councillor Ferguson is uh, the one councillor, I think, around that table who has been on a corporate board before, and he's acting exactly like it. He's providing that leadership because he knows not only would you be foolish – foolhardy, as one of our other counselors said, to turn down a billion dollars. Um, but uh, then all of the other devastating impacts uh, that would come from it. Why would anybody give you money to do anything again? It's, it's uh, completely short-sighted. Well, because what we heard yesterday, what we heard from even Councillor Skelly just a few minutes ago, is they still seem to feel that no matter what happens, even if they kill this LRT proposal, that the government, whatever government, is still going to give them a whack of money that they're going to be in, in line for this. Maybe not the billion dollars, as Councillor Skelly said, but millions and millions of dollars for all these other projects. Where's that coming from? Well, when you've got the Premier that says that's not going to happen, the Finance Minister says that's not going to happen, Ted McMeekin says that's not going to happen, who are they listening to? Well, again, why would they give us the money uh, in the first place? We've demonstrated that we can't do anything big or courageous. So that's number one. Number two, whatever plan, what, and there is no plan. There is absolutely no alternative plan at this point in time. Well, and, and it's Scully, incumbent upon she just told us that a minute and ago. And it's incumbent upon counselors who are going to kill this to, to help us understand how we're going to manage this, what's going to be the after effect, and what is the plan B. But there is no plan B at this point in time. But even if there were, it would take 10 years and another $30 million to develop. And do you expect that there will, will, they will continue to exercise the, the courage necessary to see a big project through for the next 10 years? There's absolutely no way. So we w will not be getting the, that money. We might get uh, money to fill in potholes and, and all that, and, and that's really all that uh, I guess council wants at this point in time. But, uh, but Yeah, no. but that's not city building. No, it's not city. And besides, besides the reality here, and and you know these these are not stupid people around the council table. They have to understand this. Governments don't write blank checks to cities. Neither the feds nor the province ever said, "Hey, here's uh, eight hundred million dollars. Go fix up some stuff." Just you know, don't. Well, you have to. There, every project, every funding announcement is is project specific. So this is this is folly to suggest that any government, and I don't care if it's the uh, another government in in the in the Queens Park, in a year from now that's going to do this. You don't get money like that from anybody. Well, regardless, we'll go back to the end of the line, you know. So there we go. That's another ten years before we we see any changes at all uh, in Hamilton, unless something happens uh, at the ballot box in, in 2018. I mean, that's obviously the, I got the big... 30 seconds left here. If the next meeting is a week from now, you're obviously a strong advocate for that. What do you do? What does the chamber do? What has to happen here? I don't know if there's anything that we can do anymore. I don't, I don't know if there are any votes that can be had right now. I, I don't think so. I mean, I've made my, my, uh, opinions clear. Everybody has made their opinions clear. We had a, a rally of 500 people at uh, City Hall on a rainy uh, Saturday that made their opinions clear. Um, I don't know if there's anything else to do. I, I certainly, from my perspective, I I can't. I I, I just I've we've given enough uh, enough energy, and uh, we're totally spent. Um, I think it's up to council to really look uh, inwardly over the next week and and decide 
Who, what do they want to be known for? Uh, and really, what do you want to accomplish? You know, as a supposedly a leader in this community. And uh, I think that if if they were to sit down and, and take a good hard look at that and answer that question and help understand and, and actually look into the future and see just exactly what the consequences of their decisions are in this matter, I'm hopeful that there's a, enough good people around that council table to make the right decision. Hashtag frustrated in Hamilton. Right, Kenan Loomis, thanks so much for this. Thanks, Bill. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.